This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome in, everybody, and welcome back to Five on Three, WFUV Sports Podcast for all things NHL and generally all things hockey as we we often branch outside the world of just the NHL. I am Samantha Bohr, here with a new crew for me. I have not worked with this specific combination of people yet. I've worked with you both separately, but I'm so excited. So I am here with the one and only Nick Palmer, who loves to fight me on this show for some reason, and the one the only Andrew Crenary. Hey, hi guys. How we doing? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Is it is the afternoon? Yeah, we yeah. were uh, we were just dancing to the intro music before this, and you heard us giggling. It was us dancing to the uh, glorious yeah, the, sounds of the intro music. Had to hold up my laughter a little bit. I mean, this is definitely a uh, fun uh, fun group to have this podcast with. I think absolutely. Yeah. It is the first week of classes uh, yeah. of the semester here at Fordham University, and it is my last first semester of classes, or like my last first week of classes. So. Yeehaw, to say the least. But yeah, same here, same here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, kind of crazy to realize. Right? Yeah. I'm like, this is insane. Mm-hmm. But you still got time, right, Nick? I am young. You are young. Are you a sophomore? Freshman? Correct. I'm a, You're I'm a sophomore. Sophomore. Oh, a sophomore. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. time. Well, then at least we will have one of us to carry the five on three legacy. Well, I'm al- I'm already carrying it. But well, <laughs> alrighty. <laughs> In the f- I was going to give you a compliment and say like to carry the legacy once we leave. You can't be carrying the legacy if you're still here. Okay, I don't want to fight. <laughs> it's too early for this. It's too early. No, Wait for the topics. At least, it's yeah. all love, as everyone knows. Nick and I are besties. So welcome in, everybody. This week's edition of Five on Three. Lots of happenings around the league this week. Um, some having to do with the game itself and some not having to do with the game itself. Some interesting, everything has to reptiles. do with the game. but Reptiles. Yeah, we're going to get into that because there's been some interesting news coming out about a certain goalie. And his exotic reptile farm in Missouri, which is pretty crazy. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's start off with the action on the ice itself. Why don't we? Let us begin with the New York Rangers. The Rangers doing better than they were for a while. I will say that much. They are on a bit of an upswing at this point, which is really exciting for me to see. You know, I, I'm one of the Rangers beat reporters, but I haven't been to a game in a long time as I was um, away for winter break. But Lou Orlando had some incredible coverage there. They have won their last two, one in overtime to the Dallas Stars, and then in a shootout against the Minnesota Wild. They lost 4-3 to three against the New Jersey Devils before that on January 7th, but that one was also in overtime, so they have had points in all... Oh, no, sorry, that's not their last three. I apologize. I was looking at the three before their last two, but they've won uh, three of their last four and three of their last five. Sorry about that. My brain just got a little confused with the grid on a hockey reference. But they won against the Columbus Blue Jackets, lost to the Canadians, and then, as I said before, overtime win against the Stars, win against the Wild, and an overtime loss against the Devils. So, pretty big deal for them to have points in four of their last five games, especially because this team was not doing so sexy for a minute there. Um, to say the least, they were on a bit of a, a bit of a slide, and it was hard being in that building um, often because it just seemed like this team was fighting, and, and we know that I have a great affinity for Jacob Truba as a captain. I don't think he's the world's greatest player, and I'm not going to say he is, but I do think he is an incredible captain in this league. And he was trying everything he could. You know, I don't remember what game it was, but he got into a fight, and as he was skating off the ice, skated past the bench and said, wake the F up to his team because there was no energy 
there's some energy in this team now, which is really exciting. And I mean, Nick, I know you're not a not a Rangers fan, but you have to admit it's exciting to see. Yeah, the, dude, the Rangers look good. They they've played a solid couple of games uh, against frankly some mediocre teams and that includes the entirety of the western conference but you, you have to remember that those those are the teams you have to beat mm-hmm. especially when you're in a division like the metropolitan division i we've never mm-hmm. seen a division this stacked in a long time and i believe they're getting chris Kreider back yes tonight. they are tonight chris Kreider yeah. is back so Cry- they have all full, all nine of their top line players right so they're they're playing the bruins at msg um it's certainly a litmus test. That's mm. that's for sure for the Rangers who, uh, you know, you've been up against some bad teams, but you've been beating them. I, I don't even I don't even really I, I blame the Rangers as a whole for that loss against the Habs. They didn't look pretty, um, but I'm specifically looking at Igor because mm. he looked good. in even in that loss, you know, that wasn't his fault. That was Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki being perhaps Bad. the most underrated players pairing i think in the nhl i give them a couple years let the habs mature and i i think you're looking at a really solid another cup contending team i know everyone was surprised when they made the cup a couple years ago they're gonna be doing it in the future so the bottom line boston's an entirely different animal um i'm looking for igor to have one of those nights um and put the team on his back like he did last year and if they can do that i I think they'll keep it hot Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I think what you said, I mean, just a litmus test for tonight's game. I think that's the best way to put it. I mean, if the Rangers succeed against the Bruins, I mean, they're literally the premier team in the league this season so far. I mean, they've looked literally unstoppable other than that one time against the Kraken, a couple other points. But overall, they've looked pretty amazing throughout this entire season. And I think it's, like you said, it's going to be a litmus test, see if the Rangers can really perform because, yeah, they have been bagging those wins against, you know, Western Conference teams, not as good. Um, but I think really if they get a win against the Bruins here, that really shows something that they're starting to make this turnaround. And off that back of that, I think uh, Igor definitely needs a really crazy performance tonight to even be in talks of them winning this game. Right. I absolutely agree. I mean, I think it's hard because we often say, you know, oh, Igor has to do this, Igor has to do this. It's not just on him. Like, obviously, like, you know, it is. It's your goalie is perhaps the most important player on the team. But, like, it, you know, it is a full team effort, especially against a team like the Bruins. And, you know, they have such an amazing goalie tandem in in Swayman and Olmark. But you also can't ignore just how incredible, you know, like Patrice Bergeron is and people mm. like that as much as, and Brad Marchand, as much as people have their feelings about him. You know, I, I've i spoken on this podcast about my feelings about his actions off the ice, but on the ice, it is undeniable how good he is. And so this is, that team has just been a force to be reckoned with this year. I think it's going to be a battle for the Rangers, but you know, I think if they want it bad enough, maybe they'll find a way. If not, maybe they'll at least get a point and take it to overtime. That is my hope for this game is I think that if they lose in regulation, that doesn't look good for me. If they can lose in overtime or win in overtime, if they can take it beyond regulation, that bodes well for me. And I'm I'm excited about that. So so you want you want a competitive game out of this at the very least. You yeah, know, at the very least. I, I feel like even a one goal game and a regulation mm-hmm. loss isn't the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're literally playing a team that's lost five games in regulation yeah. and it's the all star break. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's insanity to even talk about. Yeah. That's crazy. I think I read something today that said that the Bruins have like the best win percentage, like the second best win percentage in their franchise history. And I think the last time they had a win percentage this good was like 1936. 1936. Thank you. So you, yeah, you wow. read that too. I was like, it was a long time ago. So Jeez. yeah, well, that will be very interesting tonight. MSG Rangers Bruins facing off. I'm very excited about that. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited, you know, for, for Chris Kreider to come back because he is such an important person to this team. And as, as much as you know, you can't rely on one player. He's one of the top stats on their sheet always. And I mean, him and Kako together with everyone else on their top lines, it does well. And when this team is missing a piece of their depth chart, I think it does really hurt them. And even Truba, he was off to a rough start. He's doing a lot better recently. He had his hand injury and he's like, I'm not going to blame the hand, but you know, it's, it's hard. I think that's how this team has really been having to deal with things all year. And so I'm glad that he'll be back. And I think it's necessary that he's back against a team like this. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a good reset for this team. And if there's any time that was going to happen this season, it needs to be now against the Bruins, you know, right before All-Star break, you know, everything like that. They need to make this turnaround now. Or, I mean, I think they're just kind of a lock-in for maybe like a wild card slot. Hmm. I think that's where they're at right now is it's a it's a wild card race for – well, where we once were like, oh, the Rangers are going to be the top, the top seed yeah. in the East, and now I'm like, I don't, I don't know, which is, which is hard because I predicted them, you know, in the Stanley Cup Final preseason. So, I guess we'll see. But I don't know, Nick. You have any any more closing thoughts on the Rangers or just rocking and rolling? In the words of Megamind, it's Metro Man. Like. So true. <laughs> wow. So very actually true. It's, mm-hmm. it's the Metro Man. It's the Metro Man, mm-hmm. and this is a ridiculous division. Always has been. Well, maybe not always has been, but has been. Continues to be. So, yeah. speaking of the Bruins, though, let us continue talking about the Boston team. As they face, they face, oh, yeah, what a good transition. Who, who did there, they that play was. again? Um, <laughs> a little old team over on Long Island, to say the yeah. least. Uh, does it bother you when people do that, when they go Long Island? <laughs> no, I'm from Los Angeles. I don't I don't care. Oh, interesting. I don't know why you give me Long Island energy. I know you're from LA. I do get Long Island energy. Is, is right? that, is that, wait, is that a good or a bad thing? It's a neutral thing. To it's me. a very neutral. I mean, thing. I, yeah. I spend I spend my summers out there. So all right. Okay, that's so that's yeah. so you okay. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. So you're like a not really like a, a Long Islander, but yeah. you're you're you spent you he are acquainted. Part of it, yeah. Yes, right. he's well I, acquainted. I, I I learned um more recently than I'd like to admit. You can't say you're in Long Island. You have to be on on Long Island. Yep, you're on the island. Just like you're not in line, you're online. Have you never said that at a store here? You have you ever heard people? You don't say, "Oh, are you in line for like yeah, to check online. out?" You say, "No, I'm online." Yeah, which that, I don't that's say that. Super weird. That actually happened during winter break. A couple of friends from um, one of my friends of friends, Florida, they ended up coming up, and they were like, "Do you say in line or online?" And I was like, "Oh, online, of course." And they were like, in. "You're crazy. You're crazy." Yeah, inline. it took me a while to get that's used like to, but thing. but now I say it is a thing. I say in because I'm from you know the Southwest, but any whomst, let us. Let us talk about then your favorite team, even if it's not your 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 homeland, not your home team. Still is your favorite team, the Islanders, sure. and they got their booties handed to them by the Boston Bruins. Yeah, four to one as they ended their homestand, one, two, and two, and they will now uh, hit the road after. Uh, well, yeah, they're hitting the road tonight to go to uh, Buffalo to play the Sabers. Lost four to one against the Bruins. Lost three to four in overtime to the Capitals. So you get yeah. a point there, respectable. Win 2-1 over the Canadians, lose 3-1 to the Minnesota Wild, lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Dallas Stars, and lose 4-1 to the Calgary Flames. So that is dating back to January 6th, what I have just listed. I mean, I'll let you go first. What are your your thoughts? This game was tough, obviously. Bruins are tough, but I mean... mm. Um, So, just straight up, this is the worst shootout team I've ever seen in my life. No, and and it it, it it makes me think about whether the shootout is good for hockey. I we've I, debated this. We, we have debated this, yeah, and and, and, and that that's an entirely different 
story because you know you can build teams around being good for a shootout, mm-hmm. and you, you'll you'll have some crazy games. But friends, countrymen, <laughs> Islanders fans, the state of our squad is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to give thanks to William Dufour. Who made his NHL debut. Thought he did. Um, and it was the worst NHL debut I've seen in my life. He spent six Eight minutes shifts. and 48 seconds on the ice, um, giving up two turnovers that turned into goals. Uh, completely left Varlamov out to dry. And he was benched right after. So thank you, Lane Lambert, for putting in a kid against the best hockey team this league has seen since the 1996 Red Wings, okay? Yeah. And 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 when you put you it know, like that, that sounds like such an idiotic it's choice. It's so funny. And and I Poor would kid. you know what? Yeah. I would like to introduce a brand new segment to five on three. Oh. That might help some of our listeners out there draw meaningful conclusions about their team. So th- this is called is your team trash? Oh my gosh. Uh, <clears throat> let's begin. Let's begin. Does your squad have a 17% power play percentage, just barely edging out Trevor Zegris and his pylon dusters in Anaheim? No, but yours does. If so, <laughs> your team might your be team trash. Your team might be trash. Does your team blow leads harder than the 2004 New York Yankees in the ALDS? <laughs> <laughs> Do they cower in fear as soon as the rodent Brad Marchand steps on the ice? Rodent? If they do, your team could be trash. Per mayhaps. You might be entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> and, and finally, and I think the most telling thing, is there a player on your roster named Josh Bailey? If so, Lane Lambert, your might team be might trash. be a heaping, flaming pile of garbage. Wow, I've never heard you speak like this, this about the Islanders before. Look, look, oh. I, am, I am honest. This is not a team that's playing like they're over NHL 500, which mm-hmm. they are. This team does not look like they made the Eastern Conference final two years ago. And more importantly, they are lacking confidence. So help me God, if this team wastes another young center's talent like they did with John Tavares, I will be so sad. Lane Lambert, find a winger at the deadline. Do it. Make it happen. Do not waste our collective boy, Matt Barzell's career. I mean, that, what wow. a take there. What a take. And also, I mean, I'm not going to go forth and say I'm a avid Islanders, you know, enjoyer, viewer, watcher, sure. anything like that. So I'm definitely uh, looking in on the team. I'd like to ask both of you guys. I mean, what is Nick and also uh, what do what do they have to do to start, you know, shoring up those gaps, starting to be more competitive as a team? Maybe learn how to play on the power play. <laughs> that's, that's the a, thing. That's a good is start. Like, like I, I was going to bring that up like first because a 17% power, the league average is 22. They're the fifth worst. That sucks. They just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, there were a, a load of power plays in that game against the Bruins, five of them, yeah. And it was just redonkulous how not a single one worked. And as I was, I was reading an article recapping the game um, when I was getting ready for this podcast, and it was funny how it was like, the the writer was very funny and they were like I don't even think I need to explain what happened next like a power play was called and they were like I don't think I need to explain what happened next game time resumes and I was like wow <laughs> but it's bad enough that the beat writer doesn't even think that they need to acknowledge it yeah. huge problem and I mean we talked about how like you know you're getting contribution from from a number of players but it's it's so hard and and you know Varley and Sorokin are both such good goalies you can't be you know crushing their spirit and leaving them out to dry like mm-hmm. like they are yeah yeah um they they got to figure it out. Um, Anything I, else other than the power play and just yeah, leaving Sorokin out to, yeah, you know, just, out to dry? Yeah, the power play, 
um, obviously working on shootouts. That's something you can you you can work on yeah. as a team. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do that in practice. Yeah. Like maybe don't uh, send out Fashing as your first shooter in the power. <laughs> yeah, play. what? He's a rookie. Stop doing that. Um, but but even more than that, it, it's just it's they stopped playing sixty minute hockey. And mm-hmm. I say this I say this about a different team every every episode. It feels like yeah, of course. but it's it's so important. The the game against the Capitals that they went to OT, they were winning three to nothing, and then you blow the three goal lead. And as soon as you go into overtime as an Islanders fan, you're like, well, that's one point. That's it. That's yeah. one point. So, yeah. you know, just turn it around. You're playing the Sabers tonight. Lock down Tage Thompson. Grab a win. Yeah, I think I think playing the Sabers will be in really interesting. Because in the past, you know, the Sabers to me have always been like the easy team to beat. It's always mm-hmm. been like, ah, oh, there's a free two points, like. Every time I've seen someone play them, but when you have someone like Tage Thompson, you have the way they've been playing recently. I don't know if you can really say They're it's a little a bit lock. more dangerous. You they know? are. Yeah. They absolutely are. But that being said, though, I think the Islanders, it's doable for them. I think they definitely yeah. can secure a win here. Certainly. So, I mean, time will tell. Yeah, they play tonight up in uh, Buffalo. That'll be a lot of fun. Let us let us meander to the third of the uh, New York Metropolitan Tri-State Area teams. The New Jersey Devils. Woo! <laughs> I love the Devils. And the Devils are doing so good recently. They, they are on a five-game win streak dating back to their game against the Rangers. So maybe it was just beating the Rangers that really changed their whole luck. James Burley just walked in the studio after recording FUVFC, and he hey. and I just locked eyes as I talked about the Devils being on a five-game win streak. So <laughs> shout out James Burley, our New Jersey Devils beat reporter. He is King. awesome. King. Mm-hmm. Jersey King, I love that guy, um, and everyone should pay attention to his coverage because he's very knowledgeable and an smart amazing, and a very smart guy. Devil's expert. Devil's expert, some mm-hmm. might even say. He's lovely, and he warmly welcomed me into the Devil's family. So, love you, James. Shout out. Um, but, as I was saying, they won, as we know, 4-3 in overtime uh, against the New York Rangers, 5-3 against the Hurricanes, 6-2 over the Ducks, which, quack, quack, we knew that was going to happen. 5-2 over the Kings, which is Nick Palmer's home team, and yeah. then 4-3 in a shootout against the San Jose Sharks merely a couple days ago. And look, that was a crazy game for them. These Devils, it was back and forth the whole time. Mm-hmm. They come out swinging, you know, they score first within the first, like, three minutes of the game or something. And then, they're, you know, they're down 2-1, and then they're 2-2, and then they're down 3-2, and then it's 3-3. And then in, I think there was 8.6 or 8.2 seconds left in the game, Oh, yeah, it was 8.6 because Jack Hughes is number 86. Mm -hmm. And Jack Hughes, the one and only empty net, sixth player on the ice, scores to tie this game up. Obviously, nothing happened in overtime. And then in a shootout, the Devils are able to pull it out thanks to the miraculous and heroic skills of Vitek Vanacek, which, love him. So, good for the Devils. They're doing a lot better recently. Obviously, a very long way to go, um, I think, for this team for the rest of the season as we are really only at the All-Star break. There's a lot of games left to be played. But, I mean... Andrew, like it's yeah, there's a, it's fun. It's great that they're oh, doing as well as they are. Very fun, very fun. And I I like that you highlight that there's still a ton of hockey left to be played. So I don't want to make anything, uh, you know, I don't want to go on a limb too much and say, you know, oh, Devils are great. They're locked. Stanley Cup. You know, here we come. Um, but with that being said, though, they did look shaky, you know, a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, and since then, they've really rebounded and really shown why they are such a dangerous team Mm -hmm. and why they are so effective this season, which is something that, honestly, me coming in, um, I was really not expecting from the Devils compared to last year. Um, And 
I think that Sharks game, it wasn't their best performance by far, I think. Sure. I think definitely that yeah. second and third period, there was something Ooh. to yeah. be desired there. They yeah, started absolutely. off very fast, and I think they finally got it back to the, you know, at the end of the third, they were like, oh, we actually have to tie this up. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, though, I mean, I think it just shows how even when they're not at their best, you know, they just uh, finished up a game, uh, two games, I think it was consecutive games, like, um, yeah, one against the Ducks on Friday, one against the Kings the following day, and then they were playing on that Monday. Mm-hmm. So even while they're tired, I think they're still a dangerous team that's still able to, you know, get a win. Yeah, um, I completely agree with you. And, you know, California road trips are always sort of talked about in the NHL as sort of draining a team, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're going up and down the entire West Coast, as the Devils are right now. I believe they're playing the Kraken next yes. in yes. Seattle. Kraken. Um, but I, I think what often gets overshadowed about California road trips, it's not just the fact that you're going to the West Coast and traveling up the entire West Coast. It's the way that these teams play because they know they're not going to like outright you know, have more talent than some of these teams on the East Coast. So what they do is they make you play the entire game and they make you play hard. They don't let you relax. So it's these teams that maybe aren't even at the top of the standings, but teams like the Coyotes, teams like the Ducks, teams like the Kraken this year, who mm-hmm. they will steal points from teams mm-hmm. just by playing the entire game. Yeah, like when, a grinding performance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just They're all down. grinding out games. And so when when these teams go out to California, they often find themselves dropping games to the Ducks or the Sharks and teams that they should be beating. Mm-hmm. And that's what I honestly thought. I thought the Devils would lose to the Sharks as soon as I, I, I watched a bit of the first half of the game. I thought they'd lose. Um, they looked tired. They said even afterwards that they were tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but what sets this Devils team apart, it, it's really simple. They have better individual talent than they had last year and that will win you those games when you have better players you're going to have a significant amount of games where you might not out battle someone but they will steal a goal for you players like Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, Nico Hischer these guys who we've been talking about they will go out and get these goals for you that you really need to send a game to overtime get an extra point Um, besides that of course uh, Vitek Vancek his goals uh, his goals saved above expected has continued to rise throughout the entire season um, which is always a good sign. Um, he had that hilarious scramble in overtime uh, to <laughs> save that game. That. Yeah, that was that was actually a really good save mm-hmm. because even though he's diving to the right, I I, I was a goalie. Not saying that I. Oh am. wait, no way! You're a goalie yeah, too. Yeah, I was a goalie. I played travel hockey for like right. four years. There you goalie. go. Wow. Same here. Wow. Um, That's super funny. <laughs> but, but but those scrambling saves, a lot of the time they don't give the goalie credit for it. But the yeah. positioning on that was excellent. He got his entire body in front of yeah. that shot. Yeah. It's a hard save to make. Yeah. yeah. And so when you have individuals doing their job like that, you're going to find wins that you typically might not for teams like the New Jersey Devils on the East Coast. Yeah. Sure thing. Yeah, no, and I'm glad that you highlighted, you know, players like Jesper Brad and Nico Husher yeah. and, uh, you know, Jack Hughes. That I think that's honestly what made the Devils so watchable for me this season. What's, you know, I guess taking a step back from, I guess, the competitive aspect and where they're kind of going, I just, I guess, viewing um, just them at so far in this season, like, I've really enjoyed what they've done so far. Yeah. Just going back to those star players that they have and also how young the team is. I mean, I think the average age is 24 years old i might be going out and saying that that might not be that might not be right but it's young that being said though they're one of the youngest teams in the entire league and for them to be putting up this amount of stats this amount of performances on a consistent basis is really exciting not only for this season but for you know next year and year after that yeah absolutely i mean 
we said that this season was going to be a game changer for the Devils, and it has been. And I think it'll continue to, you know, be on the up and up for them. Hopefully, even if this season doesn't end up with them getting a Stanley Cup, well, anything is a drastic improvement from last year. I think that the only thing that would really get Coach Ruff fired at this point is the Devils missing the playoffs. That's that's kind of how I feel. You know, I feel like a lot of people came into this season, myself included, saying he's going to be fired. Then he wasn't. And I think that, you know, at this point he's saved himself and the team has done enough that I think that he's safe for now in his job. He is safe and secure unless they miss the playoffs. And then I think it is bye bye coach Ruff. I really do, because I just think that you can't excuse that if they've had the season they've had, you know, going on a 13 game win streak and then missing the playoffs. And I think they're going to lose a lot of fans if that happens because that fan base will be angry. So hopefully that doesn't happen. The Devils next play tonight in Seattle, which also we were talking before everyone, if you have not checked it out, go on Twitter or the interwebs and look up the dude who lives in Seattle, who was a Devils fan, who flew his plane over the Kraken Stadium in the shape of the Devils logo. He tracked his flight pattern and he did it in the shape of the Devils logo. And it's really, really freaking cool. So I suggest everyone go take a look at that because that is awesome. Better not lose. Better not lose yeah. after after someone does something like that for you. Space. Just yeah. for him. Like, right? Mm-hmm. What a that's waste like, of time. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, that's a lot of fuel, <laughs> that's, a lot of gas. That's a lot like, of plane yeah. gas, bro. It's <laughs> a lot of plane gas. I can't imagine that Expensive. stuff is cheap. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, but moving on to a to a little bit of a less fun topic. There's been some drama in Philly. There's been some drama out in Philly um, where the one and only Ivan Provorov has somehow made other players on his team look like the liberal ones, which I don't really know how that <laughs> happened because there's some in- there's some uh, some characters on that team. Yeah. Not no hate, no hate involved, but you know. He uh, decided last – the other night was the Flyers' uh, Pride Night uh, where they celebrated LGBTQ plus community members as they wore special Pride Night rainbow warm-up jerseys and used rainbow um, uh, stick tape and all of that and then used those and they usually sign those jerseys, sign those sticks and everything and then auction them off later to then be donated usually to the You Can Play Foundation which is the NHL's longtime social activism partner or to other charities supporting LGBTQ community members and youth and education. Well, um, a lot of people noticed on Twitter Ivan Provorov was not on the ice for warm-ups and rumors start circulating and of course they ask him in the post-game what happened He did play in the game, so it's not like he was injured. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And then we found out that he chose not to take the ice because he did not want to wear the LGBTQ Pride Night jersey because he said it went against his religious beliefs. Of course, and he is Russian Orthodox. Mm -hmm. Of course, we live in, you know, the U.S. of A. You are entitled to whatever beliefs you have. Peace, love, and positivity. Um, Who am I to tell you what you can and cannot believe? However, I feel... In this situation, it is so detrimental for a player of his status and with his prowess to not participate in a warm-up in a jersey um, because of something like that. Because he is a very well-known and very um, remarked and very admired player by many people. And he has a platform. And hockey is already a very hateful place. There's already i think there's only one openly gay nhl draft pick um that at least that i can think of there is one and um it's already as we know a very um 
homogenous sports and there's not a lot of diversity in terms of classism and I mean in terms of class diversity in terms of ethnicity in terms of um, sexual or gender identity and now there's this now there's a hockey player saying openly you know I don't support that Um, and obviously like I said he is entitled to believe whatever he believes but personally to me I just think that is so detrimental and sets the game and the community of hockey back by a lot yeah there's no fun way to talk about this Um, as you mentioned he's Russian Orthodox which which by the way terrible timing with everything that's going mm-hmm. on in Russia. Um, the Flyers made a statement uh, after the game they did. saying that they supported LGBTQ rights, um, which, you know, should be what they say. Um, but I, I, I'd kind of like to zoom out to the larger conversation on 5 on 3, WFUV's number one political podcast, um, that it's it's been going on for some time now about how Russian players are dealing with the war in Ukraine. Yeah. And as I understand it, uh, Patriarch Kirill, not Kaprizov, um, of Moscow, he, he's he's pretty openly anti-LGBTQ, while at the same time he has been religiously justifying the war in Ukraine. Hmm. Um, so those two issues are now linked in one by by one person, that the head patriarch of Moscow. And the NHL has actually taken a pretty hardline stance on it. Um, they removed the Russian national team from their video game. I, kn- I know that was a big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dom Hashik has been calling for a ban on Russian players, and he's, you know, an iconic player. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen the media constantly pressure Russian-born players to speak out about this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and But I get why a lot of them don't want to say anything, because they have family back it's in Russia. It's dangerous, yeah. They have it's family. very dangerous. Yeah. And the safety of their family in Russia definitely hangs in the balance if they say anything negative because Putin can find anyone in Russia. Of course, yeah. of course. So, and also, on the other yeah. side of that, too, say, I mean, God forbid they have a you know opposing viewpoint on that, say they come out with that viewpoint and now they're dropped from their contract in sure the thing. league and now they're back in Russia. I mean, yeah. both, either way you cut it, they face extreme consequences right. for Absolutely. speaking up. But the, the other side of it is that there are players who are in support of mm-hmm. Putin's regime and, unfortunately, one of those people is the greatest goal scorer of our generation. Alex Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin mm-hmm. whose Instagram profile picture is literally him with Vladimir Putin. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which that's been that's been a very very contrarian issue for a long I time know. though, and you know I mean mm-hmm. it's it's been inter- it's been very interesting. So anyhow, yeah. but yeah, for, I mean it's 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 hard for for safety reasons. You can't speak out, but as a spokesperson for the game, especially at the level of Provorov or Ovechkin. Whether you like it or not, you're an example to a lot of kids and a lot of people, and you influence the global culture. Hockey is a game that reaches a lot of people. So it's a sticky situation, man. Very sticky situation. I also think it is worth mentioning, too, that John Tortella, um, after the game, also came out and said that he respected Provorov's choice. Mm -hmm. Right. Being true to him, quote, saying, being true to himself and true to his religion. Which, personally, I think is uh, not a great take. Um, but, I mean, I think there's just another chapter in the John Tortorella, you know, just issues. What a guy. <laughs> and yeah. scandals. Um, yeah. yeah, torts. Yeah. <laughs> but just with that being said, I mean, you know, I mean, it, like, you, like you were saying, you know, United States free country. You can say whatever you want. You can, you know do whatever you want it's ultimately up to your own choice but i think that Provorov being like you said and like we've all said being such a um you know premier player and on such a big stage um for him to take a stance like that it's just a, it sets a bad precedent um in the league that i think mm-hmm. can be expounded upon later on if we're not careful you know yeah i think um 
you can play the uh, the foundation that is was in partnership with them for um, Pride Night was saying that they were disappointed mostly because this was essentially to them a charity fundraiser um, because these jerseys are auctioned off to support, like we said earlier, various flyers, charities, and going to grow the game and grow their efforts towards the game also in undeserved communities. So it's not just about, you know, the LGBTQ plus right. community. It's about their own community, which Philly has a lot of problems in those ways in a lot of different areas. And so, I mean, a lot of the jerseys have already been bid on over $500. One of them is over $1,200. So... It's money that could have been used. And I mean, he's, yeah. like we said, entitled to do what he wants to do. But you're going to do what you're going to do. You're going to have to face, you know, the social consequences as he is now doing on the interwebs. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that we, we talked about this a little bit before. And I mean, we we have one more thing I want to mention, but um, about like another topic in the podcast. But um, it is interesting how Torts, you know, said he was asked by a reporter, did you ever consider benching him for for not choosing to play in the warm-up jerseys and not choosing to warm up with the team. And he said, no, no, I never considered that, which is interesting because during the Colin Kaepernick um, conversation and when he was peacefully protesting, which you could call this a peaceful protest, sure, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. During the Colin Kaepernick um, kerfuffle, for lack of a better term, um, he said that he would bench players for peacefully protesting in that way during warm-ups are during the national anthem which spoiler alert is exactly what Provorov did and then right. Tort said he wasn't planning on benching him so I just don't really understand it's a double standard I mean he's just contradicting yeah. himself when I, I mean he, he's just going issue by issue like yeah. He's, yeah. you know he, he's he's not adopting one policy across the board um no. is 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 I, I I know uh is you can play unique to the NHL because I know they have hockey is for everyone that, that was was or was that only a last year thing? Uh, no, hockey is for everyone has been around for um, a, a long while, time. Right? Yeah. yeah, but I believe that it is multiple sports that okay. participate in you can, in you play. can play. I think it's mm. it's lots of different sports, not just okay. hockey. They just partner. Yeah, it says uh, on their website they partner with the NHL, MLS, USA Soccer, the Canadian Olympic team, NASCAR, the CFL, the NWHL, and the NFL among. You know, Scotiabank, IBM, Baker McKenzie, and the Elite League. So, right. many, many different partners. But they are part of hockey is for everyone. Uh, okay. That is that is their okay, situation. Okay, okay. But, yeah. So, I don't know. Moral of the story. He's in some hot water. I think the Flyers organization didn't maybe handle that the best. I think that it, there's going to be a lot of backlash about it for a while. And Torts has always been Torts. And Torts continues to be Torts. And that's just the way he be. So, before I say torts another time, let's move on to a slightly funnier scandal in the world of hockey. Dare I say it's a little funnier. Um, after Robin Leonard has um, <laughs> filed for bankruptcy, which that part's not funny. Yeah, I was going to say. That man. part's That's not funny. That's pretty brutal. That part's not <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, for $50 million in U.S. debt, also not funny. The funny part to me is that it was <laughs> because of his exotic reptile farm in Missouri. Lizards. That part makes me giggle, that it's because he has a bunch of exotic snakes and lizards on a farm in Missouri that him and his wife own, and I think his dad is involved in the business in some way as well or something. And his father, Michael, are listed as principal members in a Nevada business license. Um, and they they, they have exotic animals, and they have not paid debts on those animals. And, yeah, obviously not a funny situation, but the fact that it's just, like, this NHL goalie is filing for bankruptcy because of his lizards makes me giggle a it, little bit. Yeah. You're, it's out of left field. You're it's the only so, yeah. one. You're the only one who's not a goalie here, so I, okay. would, I wouldn't <laughs> expect you to understand. <laughs> but 
it makes total God. sense to me. Goalies are weird as hell, oh, and that so that includes 100%. both of us. It yeah. it takes it takes a borderline <laughs> insane person to want to stand in, in front a, yeah. of a goal and have people shoot pucks at your face, shoot very hard objects, and very fast at your face. Is I isn't one of his snakes worth like one point two million dollars? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's Does actually one of the mispayments he has. It's a mispayment on a one point two million dollar purchase of rare of a rare snake or rare snakes. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Robin Leonard's my hero. Yeah, <laughs> well, old Islanders player, you know. It says uh, right. he and his wife yeah. estimated their assets are worth up to ten million dollars, but this is just with like the snakes and the all the whatnot, but. I mean, you just can't deny how, like, bananas this is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, when you really get down to brass taxes, I feel bad for the guy. I yeah, mean, you of know, course. Guess, yeah. Great goalie, especially with the Islanders, Um, you know, but. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, with, and with the Knights. And he, with Vegas. He, he's very good with Vegas. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, He's been out this entire season, though, right? Correct. Yes, hip, he had hip, hip surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surgery. But. With that being said, though, I mean, it's just so funny. I'm not going to lie. Just the reptiles, like, out of anything that you could be, you know, miss payments on. Like, I would expect it, like, you know, like a private jet. Sure. Like, you right, know, Bugatti, sure. something like or, that. Or, like, gambling Bugatti. debts like a Vander Kane. Like a Vander yeah, Kane. exactly, you know? But instead, it's rare snakes for a reptile farm. I love it. <laughs> Missouri. Yeah. It's, it's, it's truly something. But hockey is never boring, and that is for certainly. Truly. He filed for, for bankruptcy on December 30th um, and then now has been dealing with it since. So, you know, I wish him the best um, in finding the $50 million to pay, pay it all back. Uh, he has signed a five-year, $25 million contract with the Knights. He'll be fine. Um, but, you know, yeah, he's not, he's not been playing, obviously. So we'll see. I wish Robin Leonard the best in his snake farm ventures. Um, yeah, that will really just about do it for us this week on Five on Three. I didn't even know how to wrap that one up, but we're going to do it anyways. Uh, yeah, I wish him the best in his little snake farms adventure. Snake farms are not for me, but but Robin Leonard and Hockey are. You wouldn't so. understand. I would not understand because I, I wanted to be a goalie in soccer. Um, so I was a goalie for a minute, but I was very bad. And mm. so I was no longer a goalie. Um, I also played soccer very briefly because it turned into an incredibly intense contact sport at the ripe age of five. Um, yeah, I was in like a five-year-old like co-ed league and I was getting rocked every game, like dogpiled on by these like seven-year-old boys. And I was like, I'm like tiny. I'm in pain. I'm like five years old. Anyways, better than my sister who just did cartwheels up and down the field. So she got taken out and put in dance. Um, that's how it went in the Boer household. <laughs> Anyways, but no, not crazy enough to be an ice hockey goalie. But that will just about do it for us here this week on 5 on 3, WFB's podcast for all things hockey and NHL. All three of our local teams be playing tonight or tomorrow, um, which will be really exciting. Very, very fun to watch them all soon. Tune in to all three of those games for now. For Nick Palmer and Andrew Canary, I am Samantha Bohr saying so long. Have an amazing week. And good luck with the first week of classes, Fordham students. Peace, love, and positivity. Five on Three has been a production of WFUV Sports.